This is the Beyond the Profi podcast, the podcast that empowers you and inspires you to seek career excellence while pursuing your passion. And I'm your host, Jasmine Haley. Welcome to the Beyond the Profi podcast. I'm excited to welcome our guest today, Carol John. She is a leader within our profession that has made some incredible strides in the corporate world, um, especially with her run with Waterpick. And so I definitely think that you listeners today that are looking for that career satisfaction, we will definitely feel empowered and inspired after our conversation today. So welcome, Carol. Well, thank you, Jasmine. It's great to talk with you. Yeah, it's awesome. And when you um, actually said that you would be interested, I'm like, what? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And I said, she's interviewed a lot of people, but she's never asked me before. I hope it was okay that I just put myself forward. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes. I mean, some a lot of the people I've interviewed, it's just like we happen to be corresponding. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, would you be on the podcast? I've actually have gotten so busy that I can't I can't seek it's so much easier for them to just send, you know, just put yourself on yes. the schedule. Uh, that's well, great. Well, wow, that's fantastic. <laughs> it makes it makes it so much easier. It may, definitely makes it so much easier. But I think I think you are the first person so far that I've had that is still currently in corporate dentistry. Okay. And I and I so there's so many hygienists out there that want to get into corporate dentistry and are just. You, they don't really have a clue. And what I love about what you currently are doing with Waterpick, you also know the other en- end. You know the end of management, but you also know the other end of interviewing hygienists. So I, I think that's definitely something that we're going to dive in today to help the hygienist who's looking to go further out and think beyond the profi um, and consider corporate as a as a realm for them to actually get into. So Great. I think there's a lot of opportunities out there. Yeah, definitely. And and sometimes we don't see them, you know, at all. Because well, right. Connections are everything and networking is everything that's uh, sometimes those things come up and it's it really does come down to who, you know, that they're not even advertised in many cases. That is so true. That is so true. So tell me how you got to where you are. Okay. Well, I started just like everyone else as a clinician and I loved it. Sometimes people will say to me, oh, did you not like clinical practice? And really nothing could be farther from the truth. I loved my patients. I loved helping them. Uh, But I also knew as I sort of progressed through that part of my career, I was a clinician for 14 years, 12 years in a in a general practice and 10 years in perio, um, kind of going back and forth between those two offices that there was just more I wanted to do. And I did more through my professional association. I was the president of the Illinois Dental Hygienist Association back in the 90s. And and I, I can't emphasize enough how much you can learn and gain skills as well as connections both with other hygienists as well as corporate people when you get involved in your professional association. So that's a great uh, entry point for people. And that, you know, certainly was my uh, kicking off point. Mm -hmm. And then trying to figure out you know, what am I going to do next? And I knew I wanted something more. And I took about a year to figure out what that was. 
whether, and I knew part of it was going to be getting a master's degree, but Mm -hmm. I had, you know, I think you, and something we talk about in corporate is what's your reason for being. And so I think when you're trying to make that journey and, and it's hard to know because a lot of times we have a lot of interest, we have a lot of passion. Where do I go? A lot of things seem interesting. So you, I think you want to decide what's your reason for being. And I can tell you that 21 years later, reason for being for me is whether I'm in corporate, I'm still helping patients. When I give a continuing education course, I feel as though I'm helping, I'm helping a hygienist, I'm helping them help a patient. I feel very honored to be able to represent a product that I know helps patients. So I think when you can figure that out, and and that's by no means an easy task, it takes a lot of reflection. It takes a lot of digging deep into knowing what drives your passion and brings you joy. But that will make the road um, ahead of you uh, narrow it, I guess, to where you want to go a little bit. But but I'm also, I hate to say narrow, because I'm also a big believer in um, looking at your opportunities and, and considering things. So long story short, I started down a master's program. I thought what I thought was going to happen was, oh, I'm going to work in private practice a few days a week. And I want to give continuing education. I was getting a degree in continuing education and training. Mm-hmm. Once you get into a grad program, your world opens up to more possibilities. But what also happened for me was that I saw an ad for Waterpick. They were looking for someone to be an educational representative in the Midwest and call on schools and give presentations. Mm-hmm. I applied. I thought, oh, I won't get this. I only have a year. I don't even have my master's degree. And it was a master's preferred. But I got it. And uh, I've progressed, obviously. I think that in many ways I have have been fortunate enough to uh, fine tune the position to my strengths and to things that I like to do. But I'm also, uh, this is just something that's not even worked for me. You know, it's Mm -hmm. working, putting, educating people, working with other industry leaders, still my connection to ADHA, all of those things are so meaningful to me. And um, helping somebody else get on a path and get there also, you know, really fulfills me as well. Yes, absolutely. I love the fact that you mentioned right off the jump is being involved with your professional organization. Um, I definitely feel that the courage that I received have been through the connections I've made through that. Um, people seeing my potential, being willing to push me forward. Um, and that's usually the first, you know, the first basis of meeting those influencers, um, within your, your state who are there to kind of push you to reach that level. And then of course, if you get involved on the board, you're going to get leadership training and skills that are going to just benefit you for years to come. Right. Transferable. Yes. Um, I think sometimes we people have skills, but they're not really they don't they not, they're not aware of the skills that they have. Um, and so then they they sort of discover them when they're doing something for their association. And not only once you discover it, um, you build on it. And, and one of the things that I know ADHA has done this year that I've been fortunate to be a part of with Tammy Filipiak is uh, your strengths. And I think you just did StrengthsFinder, right? So I did it in my graduate program at the very beginning in 2016. I had never, I never had heard of it. Now I did the disc assessment with uh-huh. Unleashing Your Potential. 
but I didn't do right. the strengths finder that made me, my mouth was, I, I mean, it was wide open. Like what? It's, <laughs> it's amazing. You weren't surprised though, were you? I was surprised at how well it worked. Oh, okay, good. Because it shouldn't be a surprise. You yeah. should go, yeah, you're right. Yes. That is me. Yes. Uh, I got introduced to a book called Now Go Discover Your Strengths. And as I read it, I'm like, well, gee, I guess I need to find out what those are. It was about how to implement them. And I did it. And it was about 10 years ago. And then I just did it again. And the funny thing was, I think there were three that stayed the same and, and three that changed. Although the interesting thing, like you had one that was restorative. And this time I had analytical and I had restorative before. In so many ways, there, there there's a lot of similarities there. Uh, but it is. It's, it's great to see it it you know anytime we enhance also our self-awareness that helps us in so many ways to be able to find our real potential I think and I think that's you know I also tell people I do a little bit of this in uh, one of the courses I give Mm -hmm. nobody's ever said they were sorry they found out their strengths and in a world where everybody would rather like knock you down it's so great to do something like strength finder and and building on our strengths really what is what contributes to our success absolutely oh man when i when i read that the very first one that showed for me was um achiever mm-hmm. and i just could not understand why i was never satisfied <laughs> <laughs> It's like when I would achieve something and then I'm like, oh, okay, this is great. You know, I would be happy for a a short period of time. And then I'm like, okay, what's the next thing? And that um, book, because you take you you get the book, you purchase the book. And then, of course, you take the assessment um, just really helped me to appreciate, Okay, this is a strength of mine. But here is where it could be um, something that can hinder you. Exactly. I have Achiever as well. (laughs) So I get it. As do most people who are on the ADHA board have Achiever. We were laughing about that. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there were certain things that, you know, uh, really, really resonated. You know, Learner, I think one of it said, you wouldn't just buy one book on something, you'd buy three. And I'm like, have they, do they know me? Have they looked at my Kindle? How do they know that? Absolutely. I mean, and and so I used to be, I used to actually feel sort of, I guess, embarrassed by that. You know, I like agree. I remember right. in junior high school in sixth grade, I wound up getting all these awards. They kept calling my name over and over and over again. And then, of course, in middle school, they're like, who does she think she is? And I would right. feel shameful shameful because I, I mean on the inside I felt good about right. getting it that's what I wanted but I was ashamed of it and then after reading that and at phones they make you choose a uh, animal not a, not an animal but a symbol I chose okay. a symbol not an animal <laughs> um to choose a symbol that represents all of those five strengths I think oh, cool. it finally came you know together where I felt proud of what makes me me right you know I think that uh, they were talking about this last night in the Olympics, you know, watching all these female athletes and, you know, there's just, we've got some amazing women at the Olympics and showing our pride and our strength and what we can do. And, you know, I, I grew up when title nine was just starting. So, uh, 
achieving for women in sports was new. But even I think there was still, I graduated from high school in 1978 and I grew up in a more rural community, although talking to some of my friends who are here said, uh, not that much different. There was still a little bit of, well, you're a girl, you're going to be a nurse or a hygienist or a teacher. And uh, fortunately, I did pursue uh, my degree at the University of Iowa and did graduate with a bachelor's degree. And so I'm glad when I went to hygiene that that's the path I chose for me because it made things a little bit easier than, you know, when I, I was getting a master's. But I think that there was, you know, we've all kind of come of age um, and it's just it's just so exciting for me to see um, women as athletes, women taking their own, becoming leaders, becoming CEOs. Um, it's great. Oh, it, it just it just makes me jump for joy. Um, yes, because I have two little girls. And, yes, you know, just re- a, a week or two ago, I was at. Uh, my oldest school, and she was chosen to do like a um, a video recording for the public school system on the STEM program that they have there. It's actually nice. STEAM, which is science, technology, engineering, arts, right. and math. But most people don't know what that means, so I say STEM. Right. Um, and it was just incredible seeing her and how confident she is. I mean, these young women that are that are coming up are going to be so amazing because of all of the strides that women are doing now to open the way for them. And and you even see that in our profession. I agree. It's evolving extremely, extremely quickly. Um, I think that a lot of the beyond the profi opportunities we don't even know yet. Yes. And I think that some of them will include Profi and they'll include, I, I truly believe we will, There, there's a tsunami that's going to come and mid-level or advanced practitioner or however we want to define it is going to come. It's, we have an access to care issue. Mm-hmm. We have issues in terms of affordability with dental care, but there's so many things. And, and, you know, I'm sure you read the book teeth by Mariotto yes. and more and more people are understanding the importance of oral care and, and we can be in the driver's seat. And I think it's, it's, you know, it's going to go slow at the beginning, but then I think you'll hit that point tipping point where all of a sudden, you know, you see many States and, those are going to create um, so many great opportunities for hygiene. I think that's where the expansion is going to come. I know there's a lot of struggles in private practice, and I, I believe me, I get all of them right now. But I think they're going to come um, still being able to do direct patient care, but in a much broader uh, sense and, and maybe I'd use the word autonomy. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, if listeners, if you have not read Teeth, um, you you need to you need to read that. You need to understand the evolution of the dental infrastructure that we have now. And it's definitely going to make you feel empowered about the role that we could possibly have. There's so many, unfortunately, and I used to be one of them, hygienists that are completely dissatisfied. And sometimes you need that reminder and push to why we're here. Our role was established for a reason. It's what I emphasize to students when I'm talking about public health, we're more than tooth cleaners. This is, right. we need to focus on that prevention and become knowledgeable about uh, products like Waterpick and other things out there 
that are used to really bring health to patients and keep that at the forefront. Don't get caught up in all these other things that are negative about our um, profession. Be a change agent and, and really focus on what you could do in making a difference. There's people doing amazing things, yeah. amazing things right now, and and I and I I agree, and it's it's a tough it's tougher than it was when I was in private practice, or at least I kind of believe that right now, and so I think that we have to use that to look at that as yeah, it's an obstacle, but where are the opportunities, and the opportunities are there, and I think um, when we want to think about strengths. And things to build on, I'm also going to throw this out, is understand and know your standards of care. ADHA has got their clinical standards for dental hygiene practice. And I see people on Facebook asking, can I do this or can I do that? And it's like, hey, there's this great resource out there for you mm-hmm. um, that I think can help us. I think they drive confidence. And that's something else I sort of want to talk about is, is confidence. I think people want to do things. They know they want to do things and we lack confidence uh, for a lot of reasons. You you know, you haven't, when anytime we've never done something, we're not, you know, it's hard to feel confident about it, but nobody feels confident the first time they take that step. It's normal to be scared and it's okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was just talking with someone today about what my website looked like when I first started. And the first video I posted, especially for mom, Janice, it was a hot mess. Um, (laughs) But I kept I kept going. I kept making action. And yes, you have to you have to first start with you, because honestly, you really cannot go to any opportunity, whether it's something that's already established through a company, through a corporate company, or creating your own opportunity. You can't be of service to anyone if you don't work on yourself first. Absolutely. You're the only person you have control over. Yes, absolutely. And you're going to get challenges that come your way. And, you know, how are you going to persevere through that? Are you going to Use it as a block for you to really achieving whatever it is that you're, you know, setting out to achieve, or are you going to use it to grow? To grow. Exactly. You know, what can we, anytime we can learn uh, from what we've done and, and, you know, mistakes are normal. (laughs) You know, I always say this, one of my courses is, well, you know, when you're in dental hygiene school, there's what, one way or the highway. And I think, um, there's a reason for that. Yeah. You can't have 40 people doing something 40 different ways. But when you get into private practice, there are other ways. And and so I think it's really hard, whether you're the hygienist or the dentist, we've been educated to think it's just one way. And it's very hard to, not, to be flexible. But the reality is flexibility and that ability to see more than one way, especially with patients, is, is key, I think, to some long-term satisfaction. But I, I just also think that knowing you make mistakes, we all make mistakes, you know, um, for instance, and a lot of times it's not something earth shattering, mm-hmm. but it's just silly stuff. Like a couple of weeks ago, I was trying to book someone for an interview and I just come back from the Yankee dental meeting. So I know I was tired, which is not always not a good time when you're doing stuff. Right. right, right. And so I put out the dates and I knew it was February and I had the, the numerical days. Right. But I said January instead of 
February, right? Didn't even catch it, sent it out. And she came back and it was a little bit of a snarky reply back, which I don't really recommend when you're trying to schedule an interview. But I'm like, wait, I'm really sorry. You know, I'm really sorry. I, I, yeah, I put the wrong dates in, you know, and, and it all worked out. But you know, it, when somebody, especially if you make a mistake and somebody's a little snarky, sometimes there's a real tendency to be snarky back. Yes. yes. And the reality is if we can accept that, hey, it was a mistake, it was, it was no big deal, you corrected it, you apologize and you go forward, um, you know, then it, it allows us to be more forgiving of other people when they make mistakes, if we can be forgiving of ourselves, but also understanding like, you know, how did that happen? Yeah, you were really tired on Monday when you came back from the meeting. And that's when things like that happen. But um, I just think, you know, unless it's, you know, someone lost a limb, most mistakes are correctable and fixable. And they're not the end of the world. Oh, you know, and you know what, when people respond to things that um, were not planned in a gracious manner, Right. It just that person responding in that way, you'll never forget that. Right. You know, I've I've had it where I scheduled a conference call with a corporate entity and I don't recommend this to listeners, but I had a conference call and I completely blew it. I missed it. And I had it on my calendar, but did not send it wasn't on notification. And I apologized profusely and the um, corporate entity was very understanding. Yeah. They didn't hold it against me. They've um, done the I same thing. I guarantee it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they have, you know, or I work in all these different time zones and I'm always like, oh my God, oh my God, do I have the time zone right? You know? <laughs> exactly. Well, you know what? This is a great segue because, you know, you worked, you started in corporate as a right. um, education rep. And so right. now tell the listeners exactly what your um, current role is. And the reason why I want to share that is because now you're on the other end where you're interviewing people. And I kind of right. want to talk about, you've written an article that I saw on LinkedIn about things not to do. Right. <laughs> because it's always, so what I do now is I'm the director of professional relations and education. So one of the things that stayed consistent through over time is I still give continuing education courses. And I have to say that I still love that. I mean, I still absolutely love that. And when I give one, it's like, you know, you may be sitting there thinking, okay, she's talked for three hours. Is she done? But for me, it seemed like three minutes. Right. <laughs> um, so I still love that. I, I, I love the writing. I still do that. And, uh, but I also work with other key opinion leaders trying to get things, um, you know, kind of that voice on educational pieces within, you know, our team and, Five years ago, we started a lunch and learn program. We started with a friend of mine who's kind of testing them out here and uh, Brianna Taylor, who, st- who works at Waterpick. Mm-hmm. And we kind of grew this program and we officially started it. We, we actually went to some people we knew and now we have a nationwide team and we have people in Canada. And so I do um, the educational content for it, but I also do the initial interviewing since I'm the hygienist and I, and I have a pretty good sense and it's, so many times, you know, there are times I've interviewed people and I think, oh, you know, you'd probably, I know you want this, but you kind of shot yourself in the foot sometimes. And I think that we don't think about the interview process starts the minute you send someone a resume, you know, yes. and I've gotten emails where it's like somebody was text messaging me or they sent me their 
resume and cover letter, but they didn't take five minutes to change their cover letter to applying for a lunch and learn. It was still for clinical practice. And I think what people don't often realize when you do that is I'm I'm thinking, okay, so if this person's contacting an office for a lunch and learn, are they going to, you know, send them an email like they're texting? Are they not going to catch that? Are they going to have some attention to detail? Are they going to you know, want to make it a whole package. And so you start looking at those things from the very beginning. And I think it's just, it's a lack of experience. They've, they've not done it before. Sometimes it's it's like excitement. I just want to get this out as fast as I can yes. um, to beat everybody else to the draw. And sometimes it would be better to maybe pause a little bit, look at it. Um, some of the best things, the best letters or emails I get is when I posted what we're looking for and someone writes me and says, dear Carol, you know, I saw this, I have these days, I love your product. I've done this with it. I've practiced blah, blah, blah. And they write me this nice, very passionate piece that matches up with what I'm looking for. And I'm like, bingo, you know, great. They, they really, that pops up on your radar screen. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, it just reminds me of I had to find a um, actually had to find a hygienist to cover me for my maternity leave. Now, one of the classes that I have taught for four years was resume writing. So yeah. I had, I'm very particular about that. I've always yes. been since I was taught that way when I went to school. Um, it was everything, your resume and your cover letter. But this right. this young woman came in and had on shorts. Um, and they weren't like shorts that cut off at the knees. These are the Daisy ones. Dukes. They were some Daisy Dukes. Okay. <laughs> They're called something else too, but we won't say. Um, <laughs> she had flip-flops. Her hair was pulled back in a ponytail, which is not an issue. And then she had almost like a revealing type of top. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm not looking at your chest, but but it's a right. distraction. And, right. then, and then her resume and cover letter has so many typos. We're yeah. not was not in chronological order. And the first thing I said to her was, um, "This was hard for me because I didn't want to offend her." Right. But I said, "Is can I give you some pointers <laughs> for your resume?" I just could not imagine sending her back out to go like that to the next to the next office. And she, it wasn't welcome, you know, and, and I know it was unsolicited advice, but, and I know, you know, we always want to be perfect as hygienists, but if someone is trying to help you or show you a way to, to be more, I don't know, I don't know a good word for a cow. I really don't. It's your, it's your professional presence. Yes, yes, exactly. And they, they've lost sight in that. And it's so, it's very, very valuable. It's almost like if you present yourself that way, you don't value your profession. Right. I I think we also have to think about our social media presence. Oh, um, yes. we, I had a, some, a, a director recommend someone and she was had graduated two or three years ago and uh, pulled it up on Facebook and saw some of the pictures and I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. And so I, I knew the director and I said, I'm sure you think this is a really, you know, you thought a lot of this person. 
to recommend her, maybe you would be able to talk with her about her Facebook page. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, you don't know how many times we talk about this. I go, I know, you know, but nobody thinks somebody, anybody's going to look at it. And, but it wasn't welcome because then she sent me an email like, well, this is my private life. And it's like, yeah, but once it goes on Facebook, it's not private. And I think about those things on the pages, you know, sometimes I see people ask a question and people can be very mean Mm -hmm. when, and responding. And it's, it's like, you know, that everyone sees that. What if that, what if that person or a person who sees that you're going in and doing an interview and that person remembers you? Mm-hmm. from your office. It's your professional presence, your mm-hmm. integrity, who you are, mm-hmm. are the things that, I mean, we should guard, you know, and, and we have, we have control over that. We have control how we respond on things like that. Other, other times we don't, but I think that, uh, I think that's something that I, I, <laughs> I feel old sometimes when I say that. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I felt old the other day when I still well I still wear a slip. Okay, <laughs> I just bought one. I just bought one at Target a couple of months ago for a dress that clung to my tights. You know, my mom was an older mom, and so there were certain things like you you had to wear a slip and a girdle, like you yes. nothing oh, showing yes. everything. But you know, I got rid of the starch. So that's a that's a good progress right there. <laughs> I couldn't live without my Spanx, but, right. uh, you know, oh, I know, you know, and, uh, yeah, but I, I love, I love the points that you bring out. Um, you've, you've actually shared some really valuable, valuable pearls. First thing that really stands out is having transferable skills, making sure you have a good professional presence and, right. and really understanding your strengths. And I think, when you couple the, that those um, pearls and really focus on that, there's no way that when opportunities arise, you won't flourish. You I know? agree. People yeah. come to the booth. So, I mean, I can think of someone I use for lunch and learns and she came to our booth. This is at an RDH under one roof meeting, actually. And she was asking some things about maybe being in sales. No, oh, we don't have it. And then I'm thinking, Actually, I was I was looking for somebody for trade shows, maybe not even lunch and learns. And she starts to walk away, and I'm like, wait, 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 come back, come back, <laughs> because she had she had such presence, and she was so well spoken, and she was poised, and mm-hmm. and it was you know. And I said, we I might have something. I go, maybe you should come to dinner with us and decide if you like us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like that, just right. like that, opportunities happen. Yes. Right. You know, and you want it. You're like, uh, uh-huh, you know. Yes, you have to like, and 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 um, I'm gonna get to the last final. We can talk longer than 30 minutes, Carol. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Um, but that is so true. It drives me crazy when you go to your professional organization meetings, whether mm-hmm. you're at RDH on a one roof or ADHA annual conference. Yes, we're having a good time, but right. don't get too crazy. Yeah. People are watching you. I've seen, I mean, someone did something completely absurd to my, to, um, my, one of my good friends, Christy, when we were there, um, for mom genist. And I just could not believe that they allowed themselves to get that wild Mm -hmm. at a professional event, you know? So I know I love it. I love that you mentioned it. Okay. Here are my, my two final questions. Okay. Uh, what was the last book that you read? Uh, the last book that I read, um, 
actually, I'm going to talk about a book that I'm kind of, I started for my new year's resolution that, (laughs) and I'm not always good every day. Like the other day, I'm like, you went four days. So it's called (laughs) take your soul to work S O U L. And it is, um, some daily meditations on leadership. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, there is a little bit of a religious spiritual, but not, not heavy, but Mm -hmm. just a larger being, which, you know, I mean, that my comfort level is just fine on that, but mm-hmm. maybe not everybody else's, but it takes maybe less than five minutes to read them each day. And it will give you a question at the end and about it, but it can be on, you know, things like presence. It could be on things like confidence. It could be uh, on one just topic that relates. I, I might say it's as much about character as leadership. And so I am, I've committed, I did it a few years ago and I was trying to think about something and um, I had to recommit it, right? Today's Ash Wednesday, recommit to that uh, mm-hmm. for Len. <laughs> but so I read those things and I, and they always give me a little bit of insight. They always make me think about something I'm doing or how could I do something better or what do I bring to the table? Um, and so that's, uh, that's where I'm, I'm working on right now. I Love it. Um, a lot of where I am today is be- all about mindset. I do guided meditation. Um, mm. I have to keep that positivity um, flowing through me. And I love the right. fact that they mention that because you're because everything's aligned. Everything's right. aligned. If you don't have the personal um, in alignment, it's going to affect your profession, affect Absolutely. you professionally. That's why I love the title of that book. Okay. Last question. Um, what was the best career advice you've ever received? Oh, the best career advice I ever received. Hmm. Well, I was, um, looking for my master's degree and I started, I got really confused, you know, and uh, do I get an MBA? Do I get this? What do I do? And I ended up Someone referred me to someone who was at a college near where I live, and it turned out that Laurel was her first career was a dental hygienist. How about that? And <laughs> taught at Indiana and taught at Michigan, which, you know, of course, just wowed me right there. And but she had gone on into organizational development and she she really, you know, don't rush it think about it. And I ended up talking to her, um, a couple of more times about what I wanted. And I felt like she really understood and she guided me to a program that was really, really right for me. Mm -hmm. And so that was great career advice. And the funny thing was that she ended up coming and teaching in that program about a year later. And, and we stayed in contact for a while and we haven't been for a while, but so that was, you know, that was great. And I think it's, it's, it's about taking your time, figuring out what you want mm-hmm. um, more than anything. Although I'm going to throw this in there on a left turn. A lot of things that have happened to me in my career, I would have said came, you know, we always think, I always say life doesn't happen on your schedule. Amen. And sometimes we think like we're waiting and waiting. Is it ever going to happen? But I've had things like when I was going to be president in Illinois, I wasn't going to be president in Illinois. I was going to run for treasurer again and they needed a president. And I thought, you know, I would be finishing my degree before I got a corporate job. But no, I was a year into it. And so I think it's it's understanding and being ready. Yes. That preparation. But yes. then you'll know when those opportunities come to jump on them and don't delay them. You can learn along the way. Yes. There's a thing that Oprah says. Um, she says, 
there's a quote, I don't know who it comes from, but she <laughs> says, there's no such thing as luck. It's preparation that meets right. opportunity. That's exactly, I, that's exactly the one I was thinking of. Yes. Exactly. Right. Yes. It's powerful. It is right. so powerful. And sometimes you've got to create that opportunity. Yes, you do. Absolutely. So, Oh man, this was such a great conversation. I loved it. I loved it. So where can, you know, how can people find about, find out about your company, which we already know who Waterpick is, but if they want to get in contact with you or find out more um, about Waterpick, how can they do so? Um, They can email me. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, my email is just like my name, C, then J-A-H-N at waterpick.com. So absolutely come to see me at the Chicago midwinter meeting. I'll be at ADHA in Columbus. I'll be at RDH under one roof. Oh, yay. Yeah. I'll be (laughs) where else I'm around. Yeah, you certainly are. I've seen you every time, every time working that booth hard. So it's always busy. It's always busy. You love that. So well, thank you again. And I really appreciate the time you took to, to have this conversation. It was, it was really awesome. It was. I appreciate it very much. 